Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. This is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater presently in Vermont. And today is Friday, August 25th, 2017. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter into action. We are on page 87 the fourth paragraph, the last paragraph on that page. We will be reading four paragraphs, which is through the end of the chapter, and comments will be taken on all of all four paragraphs. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Zakia J, the 12 Traditions, Liz V. Our text readers this morning are Deb W, Katie G, and Penny C. And our newcomer greeter today is Kathy M, and our host for the second hour is Lynn S. And the reference number, the share ID for yesterday, Thursday, August 24th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,347-10347. Somebody is unmuted and coughing. And the share ID for yesterday, Thursday, the 24th, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10,349-10349. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Zakia J. to read the 12 steps for us, please. Thank you so much, Monica. Good morning, everyone. This is Zakia from Long Island, New York, and I am a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous, step one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed 
and became willing to make amends to them alone. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, saw through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we were, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to serve, and I pass. Thank you, Zakia Jack. I will now ask Liz V. to read the 12 traditions for us, please. Hi, Liz V. from North Carolina, 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Liz V. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter into action. We are on page 87. We will begin our reading with the last paragraph, the fourth paragraph, that begins as we go through the day. Four paragraphs will be read. We will be finishing the chapter. And with that, I'm going to ask Deb W. if she would read for us, please. Good morning, Monica. Do you hear me well? Yes. Okay, great. Deb W. recovered in Oklahoma. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish ideas. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. Uh, We alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we have just outlined. But this is not all. There is action and more action. Faith without works is dead. The next chapter is entirely devoted to to step 12. Okay, so, you know, uh, a compulsive eater like me uh, who doesn't get to adjust uh, her emotions with food anymore uh, begins the work after I put the food down. After I get finished with step nine, I begin the, the work of living in 10, 11, and 12 because, like it says down here, when agitated or doubtful, because those things will come up, agitated, doubtful, and every other uh uh, emotion or uh, that it says on the next page, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, our foolish decisions, they are there because I have not learned to live yet. You know, I've had a spiritual awakening. You know, I can feel myself in a different position. But then here we go, day-to-day things, day-to-day life. Like, for instance, <laughs> my alarm goes off. I hear it. But what wakes me, I don't hear it. What wakes me up is a a text from Leah. I jump up. And when, my, when I wake up, my mind, I have no control where my mind is at that moment. So I get up, I'm hurried. Remember, I'm supposed to share. Look for my big book. Can't find my big book. And find my big book. And then sitting here thinking, well, wow, what do I do? Now, I don't think that anymore, but immediately I think, God, what would you have me say and do uh, this morning when I share? Use me. Give me a word. That is different than the way I lived my life before. And then I know 
all is well because whatever comes out of my mouth will come out of my mouth. Uh, you know, and I'm believing it's what God would have me say. I don't have to be excited. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be angry. And that pause, that, what you know, thy will, not my will anymore. You know, I don't, you know, I can't control life anymore. It's, it is so much easier. And it does work. You know, I am an undisciplined. You know, I'm all over the place. I get easily excited. And this program, this map for living, this getting in touch with God before I, you know, before I start out with this life each morning is the only way I know how to live. And I just thank you guys for uh, listening to me this morning. I pass. Thank you, Deb W. And for those of you that might have just come on, we are um, taking comments. We're starting with the last paragraph on page 87 through the end of the chapter. And who would like to share this morning? Chrissy. I got Matt, Harlan, Katie. That was it. Julie R. Julie R. Charles H. Barbara E. Barbara. Chrissy. Chrissy. Kathy G. Kathy. All right, this is what I've got. Matt, M, Harlan, G, Katie, G, Julie R, Charles H, Barbara E, Chrissy, I didn't get your last initial, and Kathy G. You're up, Matt. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And uh, I really enjoy reading these. These are 11-step promises. You know, as I go as I go through the day, we pause, what agitated or doubtful, ask for the right thought or action. I did that this morning because yesterday my brother called me on the phone, and it's very difficult to have phone conversations with him because he's very hard to talk to. He's developmentally disabled and mentally disabled, and... Uh, Sometimes you have to pull. It's like pulling teeth for him to get conversation. And he talked about something to me, taking something from his to hold on to it. I didn't want it. He kept hassling me and hassling me. I lost my temper. And then I, I apologized to him before. I thought, I said, listen, I'm sorry. I snapped at you, Mike. I didn't mean it. I just didn't want that item, you know. So I, I made an amends to him as soon as possible. But I didn't beat myself up because the old me would, would uh, beat myself up and eat over it. I made a phone call to a fellow. And I explained to her what happened, and I felt better. I, I said a little prayer to God. I said, God, please help me to do the next night thought or action. So my next thing is I'm going to call him in a few days and just talk with him, see if I can just have a conversation with him and not get upset because I love him as a brother, but it's very difficult to have a conversation with him over the phone. So I'm learning not to not to um, beat myself up for what I've done, but also to acknowledge when I've done something wrong. And I'm praying about it every day. I say a prayer for him every morning because I want the best for him. I want the best for everybody in my life, my friends, my family, even strangers on the street. I want the best for everybody. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm very empathic with people, and I want them to do better, and I want to do better with my life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Harlan G., you're up, and then it'll be Katie G. Thank you very much, Monica. Thank you for your service, and thank you to Team Friday. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm calling from the crown jewel of the Midwest, the city of Big Shoulders, Chicago, Illinois. I'm here today as living proof 
of what it says in this chapter, it works. It really does. I'm doing the impossible this weekend. I'm at my 45th high school, I'm at my 45-year high school reunion. I'm no longer a sideshow. I'm still alive. I flew here from Phoenix, Arizona yesterday, and there was a woman sitting in the next row, and she had a shopping bag full of the kind of food that I used to live on and never, never stopped eating it. And everything about that flight was wrong. Everything was, was, a, was a torturous problem. And I said to myself a hundred times, there but for the grace of God go I. I had the money to pay for my flight and my hotel. I had the money to pay for the reunion. And I can walk in there proud of who I am and what I've accomplished, even though I'm not the most economically successful person there. I may not be the whatever person there, but I can walk in and be proud to be there. It works. It really does. This is the greatest way of life imaginable. I have many friends, as many of us do, that have done very, very well in their lives financially. I wouldn't trade what I have here for bars of gold. I have a way of life. I have a way out on which I can absolutely agree and absolutely rely upon that I can go to this reunion, that I can walk into my life, that I can greet people and they can greet me without the torture of the food and the torture of the illness and the darkness that this produces in my life. I am living in the sunlight of the Spirit. I am grateful to God. I am grateful for the 12 steps and the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I am grateful for vision for you, the renaissance of OA. And I believe in my heart that this is the greatest way of life imaginable. If you're new, please keep coming back. You're into something here that you won't believe the power of. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Harlan G. Katie G., it's your turn, and then it'll be Julie R. Hi, Monica. May I be heard? Yes. Hey, guys. Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic, and I'm starting my timer. Thank you so much, everyone, for your service. Yeah, so um, burning up energy foolishly as we did when we are trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. And this reminds me, of course, of step three when we're talking about like me as a whirling dervish forever trying to arrange the lights, the scenery, and the ballet. And life was so tiring. It's so tiring to live my life like my will be done, right? Like, so every time something happens, it's exhausting. It's all this work in my head, all this mishigash trying to get you to go there and you to go there. And and I am not there anymore. Thanks be to God. I have a new employer. I have a new director. I don't have to have life to suit me today. And I think it's so interesting because um, I had an AA friend point out to me we're much less danger. So I'm much, much less likely to what? die, right? Because eating is going to be a step up if I go to these these feelings and don't find freedom. Excitement. And that confused me for so long because, as you all know, I'm an excitable person. Um, eager enthusiasm. But I also saw this morning um, a, a synonym for excitement is instigation. 
and yeah, me too, like everything's kind of quiet at work and there's no drama and nobody's talking about anybody and I'm like doing my work. And then I walk by and I see so-and-so talking to someone else and I'm like, ooh, that sounds exciting, right? No, no, like God has given me a job at work and I am supposed to move forward. Like I don't need to go into the drama. In fact, any drama, KVG from Boston, you need to go to the other side because it's not your business. It's not your business. And the thing with excitement is when I'm like, ooh, ooh, ah, it's going to, it leads me, I don't know about you, but it leads me a, a lot flashier or faster rather to anger, right? I love this idea that I'm naturally undisciplined. Oh my gosh, I'm undisciplined. And thanks be to God, I have a way to live my life with the food, with tools, with steps. Like I don't have any time to be eating anymore because I'm so busy doing this program, right? And I love, you know, pausing when agitated. I don't plow when agitated. So last night I'm in a heated discussion with husband and I go to raise my voice and oh gosh, guys, I raise my voice. And then I took a deep breath. Because it's not about the KDG show anymore. It's like, okay, let me pause. Let me see what happens if I actually become other-centered. So I'll just close with this. Like, it, Harlan was so correct. Like, it does work when I don't have to be in charge of everybody and everything. I don't want to eat anymore. And I love my life today. What a privilege to be able to continue to show up with all of you one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Julie R., it's your turn, and then it'll be Charles H. Hi, good morning, Monica. This is Julie R., recovered in um, California. And, you know, it talks about we pause when agitated. You know, when we're little kids, we go through these drills, stop, drop, and roll, right? And it's for protection. So I pause, stop, breathe, because I... I, 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 Julie is so used to being in control, wants to be in control. So that is, you know, who I used to be for many, many years, 24-7. And I can still run into that, but I can do this. And I, I tell myself, stop, drop, and roll. It's roll with God, right? Stop, Julie. Drop the fear. Drop the control. Drop the angst and roll with my God. And it's just my little, you know, thing. I chuckle to myself when I'm in meetings. You know, I have three huge audits coming up, and I've been uh, literally working 12, 14 hours a day. That's just what happens in my, my job. And, you know, my job is compliance. I am the, the manager of compliance. So it's like, you know, it's a controlling type of job, but I can do it in the right way. And, you know, I will be in meetings and I'll be saying, thy will, not mine, be done over and over again so that I don't open my mouth and insert my foot. And because I love it here, it says we are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, my favorite, foolish decisions. Because when I am trying to control, the decisions are not based on being grounded with my creator. They're based on Julie winning the argument or Julie, you know, berating somebody to make sure that they're going to follow this procedure, etc. So, um, you know, I just love it. I do the stop, drop, and roll more than once lately in this last, you know, six weeks, and I will for the next six weeks because I am undisciplined. So, you know, what do I do? 
I work a very structured and disciplined program because it brings me freedom. And as clean as I am, my, my, my abstinence is total black and white, 100%. I never have to guess, gee, did I overeat or not? Because I weigh and measure everything. So that means I, Julie, this is for me, I have a clear channel to my God because I got to let God discipline me because I want to run the show. So I'm in constant contact with God. You know, I have these little things. Every time I go in my office and shut the door, I pray. When I leave my office, I pray. And I forgot to time myself, Monica, so please let me know. So faith without works is dead. How much clearer can you get? I cannot rest on my laurels. I have to continue, continue, continue to do the work. And it's not just getting by. That doesn't work with me. And I don't think it works with any real overeater alcoholic who's living a spiritual life. I have to do more than I did yesterday. And um, I sponsor. Oh, thank you, Monica. Pass. (laughs) Thank you, Julie R. Charles H., it's your turn, and then it'll be Barbara E. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Boy, Katie, give me some of what you got in that coffee, man. Ooh, you really lit this morning. No, nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't even drink coffee, but I'll take a cup of that. Need that for work. Um, Faith without works is dead. Thank you, Brother James. But I tell you, work without faith is, is, is coffin status. You know, so many times I used to do this work before, and um, there was a couple of steps <laughs> I didn't uh, really take, the foundation steps. And I was just fighting everything, you know, absolutely fighting everything. So maybe I wasn't absent. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about telling you. You know, it ain't about. Uh, it's about right now. That same shovel I used to use to binge with, I take it and beat the crap out of the enemy every single day. And the enemy is my thoughts. So since everybody giving work stories, I changed careers, and um, I have this little guy that thinks he's my boss and he likes to, you know, uh, you know, give articulate things when, when I, I know he's jealous. I'm doing a great job there because they're all telling me not that I'm, I'm trying to deserve anything, but he's, 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 uh, insecure. So I'm, I'm ready to take, uh, one of the shovels that we have in the compactor room and, and end his life, <laughs> the old, the old Charles, but the new Charles, when I wake up, when God wakes me up in the morning, I pray for, I said, Mike, I pray for you. I pray for the insecurity to be removed from your life. I'm here to be your friend, to be your friend, not your enemy. That's some, that's some, some, some deep faith because, uh, you know, I, I'm ready to physically harm this dude sometime during the day. Cause I'm like, yo, bro, uh, you, you don't need to be doing that. And I'm not one for all the talking. And, I, and and what could I have done better? I could have went to the bathroom and did a 10-step, but I, I, I didn't. I didn't. And and these are the things, these are the things that God's helping me with, the God of my overstanding. I can't understand God. I just stand under him and submit my will and improve because 3, 7, and 11 is so uh, compacted together. If I don't turn my will over, I'm not going to humbly act my shortcomings to be removed. So therefore, I'm not going to improve my conscious contact. I ain't going to make no amends. I'm not going to make a list. (laughs) You know, it goes on and on. All of them are together. And I need God more than ever just because of today. 
I've never been here today. I'm a newcomer today to August 25th, 2017. I turn into that pumpkin at 12.01. I turn into that pumpkin uh, right after this meeting. So that's why I get on another meeting. So what, what I'm saying is these steps are amazing. I get quiet with God, and, 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 and I need to improve um, because my thoughts are, are not good. My thoughts are not good. I'm selfish every single day by nature. And maybe I might want to hurt Mike again today, but maybe I'll go to the bathroom this time and pause and pray for him and call another compulsive overeater. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Barbara E., it's your turn, and then it'll be Chrissy. Thank you. Am I being able to be heard? Yes. Oh, thank you so much. I love these clear-cut directions in Step 11. I was always confused. At night, review anything that I need to discuss. Was I resentful, selfish, dishonest, mean-spirited, opinion, afraid, self-seeking? Who was I thinking of, myself or others? I would just like to focus on my fear because mostly everything for me goes back to fear. I say jokingly, but I'm deadly serious. I've worked my way up from no self-esteem to low self-esteem. I'm fearful of being in large groups, being isolated in the middle of hundreds. And I want so much to go to this convention. I will go to this convention in spite of my fear of being alone, feeling alone in the midst of others. I've heard people say about how everything happens in the rooms, in the rooms, between the meetings. And all I could think of was, who is going to invite me into the rooms? I am a compulsive person. I haven't heard yet when those speakers will be speaking. And I'm a day tripper. I'm in fear that I'll miss it. I'm in fear that I'll get lost on my way to Newark Airport because it is a bit serpentine, a bit convoluted. And I have a navigator, my God, and my car navigator. So I should be confident. But once again, just getting back to those steps, reviewing my day, waking up in the morning, knowing what my next right action is based on how I performed the day before, remembering to say thank you, or the seventh step, or the set-aside, praying for others, not for myself, unless it's in the way I can do service to others. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Pause, ask for the next right action, and know that I am imperfect. But if I fall on my face, I'm falling forward. I love the calls that I get during the day. I've learned that outreach calls and calling people is such a gift. And I always learn from the people that call me. I love it. I love it. I love it. I feel like Sally Field. You like me. You really like me. It's not important whether you like me. My sponsor keeps telling me. It's only important if I feel better about myself. So step 11 convention, the power of the big book is wonderful. 
I wish you all a joyous weekend. My only regret is I don't get to hear this program on Saturday. Thank you. I pass with joy. Thank you, Barbara E. Chrissy, I didn't get your last initial. You're up, and then it'll be Kathy G. G, Chrissy G. Hi, this Thank is you. Chrissy G. Recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And the emotion that used to get me choked up the most, make me most agitated, was confusion. And I could be confused over whether I should stop at the grocery store before I go to pick up my daughter from school or not. And it, I would, I was so high anxiety all the time because of all of my, all of my, my baggage that I was carrying around before I worked through these steps. You know all the all the painful feelings that I felt, and down from this is for me. My relationship to my higher power is key to working this program and living this this kind of life. Because I know I have to. It, there has to be the the bottom line understanding of my life has to be that there's a God, and that God is loving, and that God's interested in me. So on that premise. I'm able to live my life using these tools, using this step, being able to rely that if I back off, the answers will come. I used to live in self-propulsion and go out seeking the answers. I would go to literally go to every person that I found in front of me asking them what I should do because I was so lost and I didn't have that belief, that core belief, that center of knowing that that there is a deep knowing and understanding that's connected to the power of God within me that ties everything together in the universe. And living on that basis, I'm able to breathe and think and not force solutions. I was the kind of person, I was always in a panic, always forcing solutions. And now I know and my beautiful friend, who is such an inspiration to me, she works this program so beautifully. She's um, fighting cancer. She's got six children, and one has Down syndrome. And she teaches me every day about gratitude. I mean, she's so grateful all the time for God and how God works in her life. And she tells me, you know, sometimes doing nothing is doing something. That was so novel to me. I, I never chose to sit back and wait on a thing, you know, and gosh, how miraculous it is when I do that and God just works it all out. And, and I do tire less. I'm so grateful for this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. Kathy G. It's your turn. Oh, good morning, Monica. Are you able to hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Good morning, everyone. This is Kathy G. from the Chicago area where the sun is just rising. I want to welcome uh, Harlan G. back home. Excited to know that you are near, and I am excited to meet you and everyone else at the convention. I can't wait. So I'm really excited to be able to share this morning because as we read this, Um, And it says, as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. Um, I've just, just about a week past 40 days of abstinence. So grateful. So 
I'm just praying that I'm out of Egypt <laughs> on my way to the promised land that the steps offer, working with a great sponsor. Um, but it's because I did pause yesterday that I am sitting in my hammock right now watching the sunrise on the meeting with all of you, which I definitely would not be if I had not paused yesterday. I made program calls, I used the tools, and I had to get through some difficult stuff yesterday. But the thought of picking up the food honestly never entered my mind, and and that's just a complete miracle. And I'm so grateful for that. But the line that really jumped out to me, too, um, some people have mentioned is, we do not tire so easily, so we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. I mean, there's no way that I would be up at 5 o'clock in the morning and dressed and my kitchen would be totally organized. I have my breakfast, you know, prepared, my food into my sponsor, my gratitude set. I have a meeting scheduled with her today and many other things planned. And it's just as a result of being here. So I just want to thank you all so much for being here and for all the service everyone does on this meeting. Hope everyone has a great day. Thanks. Thank you, Kathy G. And for those of you that may have just come, we are on page the bottom of 87 as we go through the day, and we are taking comments on four paragraphs, so from there to the end of the chapter. And who else would like to share this morning? This is Larry. And Janice. Kelly M. Larry, um, Janice, Leia, Kim, Jackie, Laura <laughs> um, um Okay, I lost my train of thought. This is what I've got. Larry K, Janice M, Leia M, Kim G, Jackie, didn't get your initial, Reva P, I think it is. Let's go with that. Amy G. Amy. Sue G. Okay, all right. Amy, Amy, wait a minute, wait a minute. Amy, Sue, Irini. All right, that's it. I don't know if we're going to have time for everybody here, but let's go. Larry Kay, you're up, and then it'll be Janice M. Hey, hey, Monica. Thanks so much for your service. Um, it's, this is Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. The um, Starting my timer here. Okay. A couple of things. You know, to the extent that I remain overly excited, uh, fearful, angry, mentions worried, full of self-pity, prone to foolish decisions. You know, one thing's for certain for a guy like me, I'm usually trying to control my environment to suit me. All the external things that I'm trying to control you and everything around me. You know, thy will not mine be done. This is my, my mantra, if you will, because it reminds me that I want God to take the wheel. You know, I, I'm going to crash this car if left to my own devices. I've done it. I've crashed it many times. I'm quite certain I'll crash it again if I'm going to take the wheel. And there's many reasons that I, I rely on my creator and the big book, you know, informs us about this. You know, for me, I rely on my creator for, for some fundamental reasons. First, by trusting in my higher power, I have a greater capacity to help others. You know, we know about, you know, helping other people in time of need. You know, we've done it before, but have I helped others while I've needed to help myself? In other words, when I'm battling something strong in my life, can I put aside 
that to extend a helping hand to someone else when I'm in the midst of that calamity? Can I put my needs and my wants on hold to give that person a sense of love and hope? You know, that's what these steps with this plan of action has done for me. You know, can I, you know, next I, I gain strength and inspiration when I practice step 11 and <clears throat> we've heard it this morning. You know, I'm hopeful regardless of the calamity I'm dealing with. My higher power doesn't abandon me at these times. Rather, what my higher power does for me is, is, is he teaches me patience. And guidance is the other purpose of my reliance on God. You know, when I reflect on how the early pioneers of AA and OA chose to rely on the guidance of a, a creative intelligence to lead them towards a solution out of this, this bitter nightmare of alcoholism, of compulsive eating, you know, I have to conclude that what worked for them, you know, some 80 years ago, surely can work for me. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing this. I'm a, I'm a satisfied customer. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Janice M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Leah M. Well, thank you much, Monica. This is uh, Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater all the time. Okay, um, there's two parts to this pray, to this step. One is that we improve our conscious contact with God. But the second part is praying only for his knowledge of his will for us and and connective the power to carry that out. So I like the I like where it's talking about discipline. Well, I don't know about you, but I was the most I thought I was disciplined, but I was the most undisciplined person in the world. When I wanted something I would do it. When I didn't want anything, I would make sure that you would you would suffer from that if you gave it to me. So the discipline, to me, the definition is a training that develops self-control. <clears throat> when we see discipline, some people might think, oh, God, you know, punishing. He's punishing us. No, that's got nothing to do with it. This is the training that I have been getting for for decades <laughs> and just starting to use them because, you know, it does work, training that develops self-control and efficiency. And a disciple, which is part of that word, is a fellow of any teacher. So the teaching here and the standards and the commands are from my teacher, who is my higher power, whom I call God, and he's given me these 12 steps. This is the action every day that I have to apply to work. You know, today things are going on on in my life that I'd like to, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to just run away because I can't do some certain things because of illness, and I just want to run away into a hotel room and, you know, so-and-so's not uh, willing to do a certain thing, and, of course, that's where I go. But I have to go only to my higher power and see what his will is for me. He's going to give me the power to carry this out for the day and tell me where to go. You know, how God uses this discipline for me to change my heart, that's what he does. The more deep I live in these steps, the less I pursue my selfish motives. And the less I pursue my selfish motives, the more I find that my character defects are not going to control my life. The less I indulge in these character defects, like I want to run away right now, the more joy I find in my day. And that's what it says. It works. It really does. Page 91, 
God will do, has done for me, what I can't do for myself. And, um, you know, if God could solve the old, pro- the old alcoholic's problems, he can do whatever he has to do to solve my problems for the day and in the future because he can remove whatever self-will has blocked me and is blocking me from him. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Leah M., you're up, and then it'll be Kim G. Thank you very much, Monica. As we go through the day, we pause. You know, the big book isn't vague. It's giving me specific directions um, and suggestions about how to, um, you know, implement Step 11. And, you know, what you're reading here, we are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. You know, I needed a new mind. I needed a spirit-guided mind, and I got that through the process of the 12 steps. The fact that I have the ability and the opportunity to live this way uh, one day at a time in a sense of harmony, in a sense of peace, no matter what demands are going around me. And there are many, many physical, emotional, financial demands uh, in my atmosphere. Um, But the fact that I can live that is what we're talking about, the whole point of the program of recovery. It's a personality change as a result of these 12 steps. You know, we talk about being recovered. The big book talks about being recovered because that word shows a complete change, a transformation in one's attitude, and that's the advertisement. When it says it works, it really does I'm sharing with you, it works, it really does. I no longer live the way I used to live. And that is, that is testimony to the transformation that's possible. You know, when we tell our story, we share what it used to be like, what happened, and what it's like now. There is a significant difference between who I used to be and who I am now as a result of being tethered. You know, the big book says to get over compulsive overeating will require a transformation of thought and attitude. And in step 11, I am tethered. When something arises in my day and I perhaps get agitated or concerned or have some fear, you know, uh, rear its head in me, um, I have specific directions that keep me tethered and remind me who is governing my life today. My life is not governed by self. My life is governed by a higher power, God. So I have that. And, you know, the fellowship is a very powerful entity, that's for sure. But the fellowship doesn't create the vital change that was necessary for someone like me. The program of recovery, the 12 steps, lives today as a spiritual realm. The fellowship was born out of that. So there is no spiritual part of the program. The whole program is spiritual, and this is part of the way that I live it. It offers me the stability and harmony and peace that I so uh, desperately sought after, and now I live it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lay M. Kim G., you're up, and then it'll be Jackie. 
Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Oh, Leah, what depth and weight. Thank you. You know, as, as I'm reading this, this really brings me back. This reminds me of the doctor's opinion. You know, we're taught in the doctor's opinion, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect, the effect produced by alcohol. And I have to tell you, as a recovered woman, I still need that effect. The difference is I get that effect by actively practicing step 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. So I no longer need the effect of the food. In fact, my experience is I get a greater effect than I ever got with the food by practicing 10, 11, and 12. You know, I have to tell you, in my early days of Overeaters Anonymous, I was taught that I had a threefold illness, physical, mental, and spiritual. I mean, I mean um, physical, mental, and emotional. And, you know, that's not what the big book teaches me. It teaches me I have a twofold illness, mental and physical. And I have to tell you, when I was trying to treat that emotional illness, that's like riding a roller coaster, chasing those emotions all day. So what am I taught in step 11? I'm taught to, to ask God for the right thought or action, not the right emotion. But what happens when I actively engage in this step? On 88, I see what I call the 11-step promises. If I am looking at those thoughts and those actions through these steps, I'm in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, and foolish decisions. Those emotions are dealt with by dealing with the thought and actions by working these steps. You know, I believe step 11 is a spiritual barometer. It's telling me here I'm going to become much more effective and I will not tire so easily. So if I am not effective and I am exhausted, why is that? Because I'm burning up energy foolishly trying to arrange life to suit myself. I am back in self-will. So I can take this, this pausing throughout the day. I can take my spiritual temperature, see how I am connected with the power. And if I am exhausted, if I am feeling inefficient, it's because I've become, I'm, I'm starting to become blocked again, and I have a prescription for that. And I want to end with this. If you are not at step 11, you can't do step 11. If you have not completed 1 through 10 abstinently, step 11 is just a theory. You cannot live it. So my suggestion, in my opinion, what can you do? You can pause in the step that you're at. If you're in step one, if you're actively eating, go into one of those step one chapters and pause and get grounded in that. If you're in step two, three, four, anything before that, you don't have the skill set and the access to a power yet until you get to step 11. But you have the ability to pause, to lean in, and to dig into the step that you're at, and that will help dissipate what is going on with you at that moment. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Jackie, I didn't get the initial to your last name, and then it'll be Amy G. after Jackie. Hi, and we're good running morning. short of time. Go ahead. Oh, excuse me. Hi. This is Jackie B. from the Bronx, currently vacationing in Newport Ritchie, Florida for a week. Um, I am so grateful. Uh, I'm so grateful that today um, layer share... G share, everybody share is my story. Um, that means I'm not alone. That means that I'm working my program one day at a time. Um, and it's true. You know, I thought I was disciplined by the panic attacks and the way I had to do things. I did things my way and thought that was um, being disciplined. No, 
being disciplined today is knowing that I have to do my recovery every single day. I don't go to bed. necessary because you know what as long as I don't live in fear anxiety frustration discontent I have a life um you know I don't I don't realize until now how much noise was in my head by now I don't have that noise um this morning I got up I did what I had to do and I'm sitting here relaxing and just absorbing recovery. That's what's important today. Today, I don't control the kitchen. I let my family control the kitchen. And they weigh and measure my food, and I have faith. Um, they understand today that my boundaries are my boundaries, and that I do my program. My program comes first so that I can be functional today. My, I work with my sponsees. I work with my program, uh, my job. And you know what? I have serenity and peace today. It's not always serene, but I know how to get the medicine, this program, the steps, the big book, the fellowship. That's my medicine. And with that, I pass. Thank you, and have a lovely day, everyone. Thank you, Jackie B. Amy G., you're up, and I'm sorry, Reva, Suji, and Gidini, we're not going to have time this morning. Amy G., go ahead. Uh, good morning. My name's Amy G. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks, you all, for your service and an awesome, awesome meeting. I'm Amy G., recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. You know, I've been to a lot of AA meetings, and if you go to an AA meeting and they say, what are the most famous five words in the big book, it's that, it's what we've just read. It works. It really does. And I'm so honored to be here and be a part of this program and what this program has given me, like Leah said, this transformation of who I am today. And when we read, it works, it really, do, it really does, but it takes work. And if you look at the rest of the paragraph after that, it says, what is that work? It's going to take faith, it's going to take work, and it's going to take discipline. And we're going to move on to Chapter 12 about working with others now. And it's going to take those three things. And it has to, we have to work it. You know, we're going to a convention. There's going to be hundreds of people there. And for those, there's going to be those that know it works, and it's going to be those who hope it works. And the difference between knowing and hoping is going to be that faith, that work, and that discipline. It's going to be the process of working these 12 steps. And it's not going to be just at the retreat. It's going to be an awesome, uh, not at the convention. It's going to be an awesome convention. It's going to be an emotional, it's going to be with all of our fellows, but then it's going to be work. And that's what I had to cons- I had to resign myself to when I surrendered to step one which was I was going to have to work, and I was going to have to learn to be disciplined, and I was going to have to trust a higher power. And that work gave me the ability to be transformed through this program, and I'm so grateful to be here with you all today. Let's move from hope to knowing today, because it works. It really does. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And with that, we've come to the end of our time so quickly here this morning and our share ID for today August 25th the 7 a.m. meeting is 10,351 
888-346-9351. And I want to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Katie G., would you read for us, please, from A Vision for You, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Katie G., there you are. Sorry, Monica, I lost my place. Give me one second. Sorry, guys. I had it and it disappeared. Katie G. recovered imperfect compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.